What a draft. What a draft. Here we go. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sports characters wow. in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We are live. The big payback draft is here. My $500 entry fee. The FFPC is doing it big time tonight. And we're here, Red vs. Blue Radio. We're already at pick 3-3 in this draft. 3-4 is now on the clock. This is the ADP we've all been waiting for. Mike. I I think what I'm seeing. There is no value here. <laughs> no. This is not for the faint of heart. This is incredible. We're at 3-4. 60 seconds. Red versus blue is next. One bleeds red. And one bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. And we're at 3-8 right now. The draft, Mike, is at 3-8. Reggie Bush is off the board at 3-7. We just saw a run of uh, four guys here that I like a lot this year. Pierre Thomas at 3-4 for Corn Fins. Chad Ochocinco, 3-5. That's the earliest I've seen him with his ADP, Mike. Chad Johnson had a, um, let's see, he was at player 51 going into this draft. 51, he was like a 4-3 pick, and we just saw him go 3-5 to recovery boys, Tommy Yates. Then we had Kevin Smith, Reggie Bush, and Terrell Owens is now off the board at 3-8. So if you were thinking you were going to get Owens, maybe Reggie Bush, (laughs) 3-10, 3-11, 3-12, it's not happening. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football. I'm joined always by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, and we are live with the play-by-play commentary draft. The FFPC is hosting this $500 big payback draft. We're just happy to be part of it. We've got a live chat room. It's already buzzing. Lance is in the chat room. What's up, buddy? Sports betting man is in the house. I want to recognize Shoden, Mike. Shoden. Steve Carter, yeah. retired, finally. Steve, congratulations for uh, retiring. And uh, I think I, I sent you a little message there. And, uh, you know, it's funny because a lot of you guys, whether you're in law enforcement, uh, what have you, I, I mean, it's just a fun thing to fun thing to do, but a fun thing to, uh, to retire. <laughs> 
Yeah, and be yeah. done. We've got uh, we've got this draft going on, Mike. Uh, we're seeing some really good things. The first non-running back wide receiver went three-two. Usually, there's quarterbacks going, tight ends going. Not in this draft. Running backs and wide receivers went crazy. I'm going to run the draft down for you guys. Yeah, uh, we've yeah. got the draft board. Let me let me go ahead and post it in the chat room for anybody that doesn't have the draft the draft board. Here we go. There it is. Uh, but the draft ran off like this, rattled off Maurice Jones-Drew, Adrian Peterson, Andre Johnson at 3-3. Well, hopefully we can talk to Fish on that pick, Jeff Gill. Uh, we had Chris Johnson at 1-4. Larry Fitzgerald, the second wide receiver off the board. No surprise, Tommy Yates at 1-5. LaDainian Tomlinson, Frank Gore, Forte, Steven Jackson at 3-9, Mike. Forte at 3-8. That's the latest I've seen Forte go. Uh, Michael Turner, 310. I know you love that pick. Randy Moss, 311. I can't Steve believe that. Slayton, three, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 111. And Steve Slayton, 112. Uh, Mike, do you want to run down second round? We started off with DeAndre Williams at 2-1. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, D. Will at 2-1. Uh, I mean, that's good. Uh, that's a solid uh, steal. Uh, uh, Billy Wise got uh, Reggie Wayne, wide receiver, uh, coming down. Back down the line, uh, Greg Jennings, not too bad. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Now that depends on the team, so that's kind of a uh, kind of a risky play, but not too bad. I mean, we're talking about the second round for fantasy mojo. No, uh, no, no risk at all. No risk at all. Man, Barber, uh, that's pound for pound, not yep. too bad. Yeah, uh, Westy, Brian Woo. Westbrook, and uh, you go with uh, Roddy White, which. Uh, Sophomore slump, there will be no sophomore yeah. slump. No, and, uh, that's a Super Bowl team. But the one thing, the, the one thing that kind of intrigues me, Scott, and I just can't get over it, is how does Michael Turner fall in this draft? Yeah, behind well, Michael, I mean, behind Stephen Jackson Forte. Yeah, yeah, it has everything to do it. with it has everything to do with receptions. Mike, six receptions last year on only nine targets. Uh, it's a shocking statistic, really, to see a running back get that low of reception. So you're counting on a, a resurgence in touchdowns. I mean, the year, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson had that many touchdowns. He obviously didn't return to that many. So, you know, 20 touchdowns is just hard to do. Uh, that many carries, like 377 carries, you can't really ask for him to do that again unless you really want to wear it back down. But when you, uh, but when you really think about it, though, Scott, I mean, a lot of the running backs in the NFL, most of them, the high-profile running backs, they don't run it in. Michael Turner, I mean, how many times was he asked to run the ball in? I hear you. I think there's a little too much hate on him. I think he's just a very solid pick not a and not a sexy pick. I think we, we like to have that um, that excitement about those receptions, you know, 50, 60 catches, I think, is what guys want to see. Okay, we are getting a little bit of excitement here now. Billy yeah, Laws, fourth round, Antonio Gates is off the board, and then Tony Gonzo is off the board. So maybe we're gonna we started that little bit of a tight end run here, and wow, right now early. on the clock is Fantasy Mojo. Uh, this is Darren Amani, uh, FantasyMojo.com put together the Pros versus Joe's Challenge. He's sitting here with Stephen Jackson, Calvin Johnson, and Dwayne Bow. If I'm him, <laughs> and I, and I know, hey, this is how we do it when the live play-by-play commentary draft. We put our opinions out there, pick by pick, live with the draft. If you don't like it. I mean, you signed up for this thing. You know going in. This is like blasting it <laughs> on television. You're in the war room. I like Dallas Clark right there. It's a, it's a, it's a player. I've got number one on my board. 
Uh, Dallas Clark is one of those wide receivers in a, in a great format, one yeah, and a half points per reception in this format, Mike. You get 1.5 for every catch well, if you're a tight end. Especially without Marvin. I mean, he's going to make make sure that he's available. He's going to be there. And uh, let's face it, Peyton Manning, he's looking for somebody. There it and is. He wants somebody. It there it is. Yep, he took it, <laughs> Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark is off the board. We kind of we kind of felt like that was going to happen there, and the and the run has yep. begun on the tight ends. Three in a row. Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, Dallas Clark at the start of the fourth round. You guys are coming to the FFPC. They've already sold 175 slots or more. They're pushing for 200. Actually, I think they're pretty darn close to 200 this week. Um, and and this is the this is the draft you need to watch. You need to download it, save it as your ADP. Yeah. Because this is this is the kind of the what's going on and when these tight ends are going to go. Now, um, this team that we're looking at right now is pound for pound. Pound for pound. Wayne, Wayne Ferguson. He started off the draft with Matt Forte uh, at the one eight. Huh, I mean, that's that's you, you can't ask for more than that. When he got at two five, he was looking at wide receivers like Steve Smith because uh, Calvin and Jennings and Wayne were already gone. So he goes ahead, he, he, he passes on as Westbrook, too. As crazy as it sounds, he might go quarterback here. He took Roy Williams. Roy Williams, uh, pretty high, uh, four, 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 five in the draft. Now let's look at Roy Williams' ADP. As appear, appeared on Mock Draft Central just an hour before the, the draft tonight, we pulled up the most recent copy, FFPC Formats. Uh, Roy Williams was going to pick 52 overall, which is basically 5-4. So pound for pound likes him about a round earlier than what most folks oh. do. Uh, but he did go two running backs, two wide. And there's our first quarterback, Tom Brady, yep. going off the board uh, to 20 kickers. Uh, 20 kickers, a man of many names. Uh, John Duckworth, a yellow line is a yellow line is unofficial war kittens. John Duckworth with 20 kickers starts off the draft. Frank Gore, Westbrook, Reggie Bush, and Tom Brady. And, Mike, we've seen this out of John before. He likes to take yep. wide receivers a little bit further than most, and he did this in our other satellite league. He likes to do it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out if it'll work. Uh, Gore, Westbrook, Bush. Uh, I'm not sold on Bush or, or on Bush, but uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh we we'll see. We got Nimrods. Uh, they've got uh, they got their pick in and uh, recovery boys yep. as well. Well, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep moving along with this draft. Again, uh, we've we've uh, posted the link on the on the chat room, and for those of you that are late arrivals, we'll go ahead and post it in the chat room again, just so you have a link to the draft as it goes on. Um, but uh, we've got the recent ADP here, and I want to talk about this, Mike, because Tom Brady. In FFPC formats, again, over the last two weeks, okay, we've got we've got movement already. But Tom Brady has went up eight percent over the last two weeks. He's up to an average draft position of pick twenty-five. Okay, Tom Brady is up to an average draft position of pick twenty-five over the last two weeks. And well, Mike, I think you know as good as I do. You get to see a little bit of preseason. You see him toss in two touchdowns before he hits the bench. Uh, it was just a, a confirmation that okay. He is healthy. He's still got the arm and Moss and everything. That they're still working together well. Uh, he's going to pick three one and 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 twenty kickers. John Duckworth just snagged him at four six. There is no doubt about in my mind that uh, Tom Brady is. I mean, he's a great quarterback. He's proven it. 
and he's yeah. going to come back, you know, after uh, the surgery and everything. But uh, I'm I'm not sold. I, I mean, I got to do something else. I'm going elsewhere uh, as far as myself on a uh, quarterback, and I don't know who I'm going to find better, but but yeah. he's pretty good. Well, and then here's the sleeper that has been skyrocketing draft boards in the last two weeks, Mike. Ray Rice, uh, Jeff Tirabasi picks Ray Rice at pick 4-9. He gets the guy he wants. He has a team that I absolutely love. Let's look at this. Chris Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Pierre Thomas, and Ray Rice. That's from the four spot, guys. Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Pierre Thomas, and Ray Rice. Now, let's look at Ray Rice. Average draft position over the last two weeks has skyrocketed, Mike. He's up 45%. In the last two weeks, okay, just two weeks ago, Mike, Ray Rice was being drafted at pick 93. A week ago, he was drafted at pick 71. Now he's up to pick 64, okay? That's about 5-4, okay? Five rounds, I'm sorry, 6-4. You're you're, you're at pick 6-4 for Ray Rice, and now you're having to pay a middle fourth-round price. I'm sure the guys at the turn thought they could get Ray Rice. I'll bet you Syracuse Slappers, I'll bet you John Haskell thought, he had a great chance at Ray Rice at 4-11. Scott, I saw something right now. Fish, what he did was masterful. He yeah. got Andre Johnson. Yep. And then he Brandon got Brandon Jacobs. Jacobs, Roddy Brown, and then he mm-hmm. got Drew Brees in the fourth freaking round. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Brandon Jacobs nice at 210. Move. Brandon Jacobs 210. Ronnie Brown at 3-3. Uh, Drew Brees at 410, and, and let's look at that value. Um, Drew Brees' wow. average draft position has been about pick 22. The latest we've seen him go is pick 34, Mike. So <laughs> for for him to get Drew Brees at pick, what, 45, uh, 47, yeah. 46, He solidified his two running backs, a wide receiver. Now he's going to get another one on the turn. Wow. How sweet is that? Well, pick 46, that is by far the latest we've seen Drew Brees go. Uh, Jeff Gill, we have a lot of fun with Jeff. We're hoping to party with Jeff again in Vegas. Hopefully not at the Mirage, Jeff. Pick a new hotel. We're not getting stuck in the elevator again, but uh, we we do hope to be partying again. Those before Drew Brees, unbelievable. Well, we're getting some good stuff in the chat room. Uh, Lance is saying that Marshall's going to miss like five games. Brandon Marshall is a, a, a tough call here. Why? I mean, he's continuing to slip, Mike. 5-2, we're on the clock. Yep. Slappers has a chance here. And Marshall, Marshall's been just disrespected right now, obviously, by his own de- design here. This guy is a head case, a basket case. His average draft position is 33, which means you can get him right near the end of the third round, and he's still sitting here at 5-2. Okay, somebody's yep. got to pull the trigger here eventually. Peyton Manning off the board at five one, by the way. Les, yep, let's take man. a look at Les. Let's take a look at Les Sandlin's team. Uh, Les Sandman's time, great competitor, uh, friend of the program here. We start off at Maurice Jones Drew one one, Clinton Portis two twelve, Wes Welker three one. That's the type of turn you kind of like to have a safe pick in Portis. No problem with no, that. Don't look too bad at all. No, uh, Wes Welker at three one. He comes back and Husman Zada falls to four twelve again. What's that? These running backs are going off the board like crazy tonight. Uh, Husman Zada is usually not there at four twelve, and then he goes ahead. He, he doesn't want to wait till six twelve. 
to get his quarterback. He, he goes ahead and takes Peyton Manning at 5-1, Mike. So Peyton, MJD Portis, Welker, and Hoosh. Les is looking real pretty here. Yeah, he, he set up pretty good. He set up pretty yep. good. Uh, Syracuse, Syracuse has some work to do, and I think that he's going to uh, think about the uh, he's going to think about the quarterback in like around eight or nine. So he's going to focus on a wide receiver, running back. We'll see what happens there. Hey, and uh, Brandon Marshall off the board, Mike four two. Uh, so let's go. look at slappers. Yep, <laughs> he adds uh, he add, his wide receivers are Colston Marshall, Adrian Peterson, Thomas Jones. And Jason Witten, is that the type of draft you want in the FFPC format? Well, let's think about this. Hey, Adrian Ooh. Peterson, you love that start. You love the Colston pick. Witten is yep. a valuable like, commodity like here. The only question like is, is, is Thomas Jones worth that type of pick uh, at 4-11 this year? And, you know, if you look at last Boy. year's stats, you say absolutely. But there, there's a couple of players on the board there that, to me, um, there, there, there's there's some upside there. Uh, there's that word. That's, <laughs> let's, that's, let's, that's, quite, that's quite a gamble, Scott, uh, when you're talking about Thomas Jones and Brandon Marshall. Uh, I'm a believer in Thomas Jones. Uh, I believe he can do what he can do. Uh, as far as uh, what Syracuse did with uh, AP, Colston, Witten, I think he solidified two or three great positions, and he's going to have fun with them. And he's going to have fun with the rest of the draft. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Fish does. Well, let's let's look at Fish. Fish just took Marshawn Lynch at 5-3. Finns took Santonio Holmes at 5-4. Recovery Boys took Greg Olson at 5-5. And Nimrod's Kip Lockwood took Aaron Rodgers at 5-6. Uh, 20 kickers is on the clock. Nope, he just took Braylon Edwards at 5'7". These guys have a very honest pace tonight. Um, Mike, that is that is John Duckworth's first wide receiver. Let's talk about this strategy. We've seen John do this before. I want to yeah. come back to John. He starts off with three running backs uh, from the seven pick. From the seven hole, he takes Gore, Westbrook. you got to love Westbrook that late in a second. Reggie Bush, 3'7". Tom Brady, 4'5". Braylon Edwards. He's hitching his wagon as his number one wide receiver. Like <laughs> well, that, that's the question. You're, you're, you're waiting till that this round, and really, he doesn't have a lot of options. If it's not Braylon, he was going to have to start to stick with Lee Evans, Antonio Bryant, Steve Breston, Lance Moore. Uh, he got lucky to get Braylon Edwards here, okay? Braylon Edwards, he has to feel pretty darn fortunate to wait till the fifth round and still get Braylon Edwards. I well, think you feel pretty good about that. that. I mean, I, I think that's good. Uh, as long as Cleveland, uh, as long as they know who's going to throw it to him, they've got to make a decision. They've got to make a decision real quick. Um, I mean, within the next couple weeks. Say, this is my guy for seven weeks. Fantasy Mojo is on the clock. Darren uh, Armani is on the clock with his start. Let's take a look. He's got a minute and a half left on the clock. He started with Steven Jackson, Calvin Johnson, Dwayne Bowe. Beautiful start. I love that start. Comes back with Dallas Clark. I, I couldn't. I don't see anything wrong with his start. Wow. Okay, I, I would be hard pressed to do anything different than Darren Armani has done here tonight. With Stephen Jackson falling that late to the to the one nine, Calvin Johnson. I love that pick. Dwayne Bowe. Well, I would absolutely love, I, I would love his inside on why he took Stephen Jackson before Michael Turner. Well, I'm I'm in the same camp, so I'm not going to argue with that. But let's see. 
what he does here. This is going to be very interesting. At quarterback, he's got Romo Rivers. I can't do that. At running back, Larry Johnson, Willie Parker, Derek Ward, Jonathan Stewart. I don't like anything there. At wide receiver, it's Evans, Antonio Bryant, Breston. He's in a tough spot here, Mike. He's in a real yep. tough spot. The, the draft has really dried up at about 5'9", where you've had some impact players, and you're starting to settle for some guys that aren't what you have been accustomed to, okay? Matter of fact, his, yeah, his pick is off the, board, off the board, Derek Ward. He, he went with Derek Ward in a new offense oh. in Tampa. I don't know oh. how high I am on that pick. Yeah, but but you know what? He has to get some running backs here. He's waited till the fifth round to secure his running back too. And if you're in the the end of the end of the end of the first round, if you have a late draft position and you're waiting for the fifth round to get your second running back, here's what you're looking at: Derek Ward, Cedric Benson, Larry Johnson. Scott, I am all over one team right now. Uh, I would have had, I, I would I would have had to have taken No. Sean Moreno there. I would have had to have taken Noshaw Moreno. If you agree with me in the chat room, 347-324-5404. If you were Fantasy Mojo and you had started off with Jackson, Calvin, Bo, and Dallas Clark, could you take? Could you turn down Noshaw Moreno at that spot? Give us a call. Let us find out what no, you say. No. Uh, Darren, Darren took Derek Ward. I'm not hating on the pick. I think, but but I, for that draft, he was setting up exactly like I would have drafted. And and we're obviously not going to see things eye to eye every pick, but I, I I think I would have had to have taken uh, with that offensive line in in Denver one of the best. I would say it's a top five offensive line. It always is. I would have had to have if taken you, Moreno there. If you take a look at uh, every every round and uh, what's been had there, uh, obviously uh, the number one pick Sam Time is looking pretty good, but there's uh, there's somebody that's just sticking out, and that would be uh, obviously Nimrod. Grab oh. uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, LT, Roddy White, Kevin Smith, Sean Jackson. I mean, just a bunch of different guys that you wouldn't think, but could be very good. Well, you know what? Uh, Moreno is off the board. It didn't take long to go around that turn. Boy, those guys on the turn, man, they waste wow. no time whatsoever. We got Billy Waz. Uh, Bill Wasowski at number 11, and Daryl Bomber, number crunchers, at, at pick 12. Uh, Mike Thomas oh, yeah. also. Those guys are flying through that turn. They wasted no time whatsoever. Billy looks at number crunchers and says, you know what, he's probably going to take a quarterback. He goes ahead and snipes Phillip Rivers in front of him. Number crunchers takes Romo. Then they come back with Larry Johnson, and Billy takes Moreno. Okay, so Mojo almost had a shot at Moreno again there. Uh, but he doesn't have him. Now, you know, the funny thing is Mojo is sitting on the clock, and I think a die is just the value play here, but I guarantee you Mojo will not have anything to do with Joseph Adai here. He wants no part of it. It would surprise me if he goes quarterback here. Well, there's there's some good selections at quarterback. He's got Warner. It would would uh, McNabb. Yeah, you know, I don't know. quarterback here. I don't know. I think he's a little too thin at running back. He's a little too thin at running back, and, man, I'm sure he's looking at this and saying, I cannot draft Joseph Adai. He's only got Steven Jackson and Derek Ward. Derek Ward is a little bit of a thin RB, too. I'm not that high on Derek Ward this year. I think there's way too many question marks in that Tampa offense to be solidified with Derek Ward uh, as my RB, too. Matter of fact, I have Derek Ward 
well behind uh, Larry Johnson, Jonathan Stewart, Felix Jones, Joseph Adai, no Sean Moreno. I have I have Derek Ward at RB30 on my board. I just can't get behind him. Listen, he was in the New York offense. That's a fantastic offensive line. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better situation. Fantasy Mojo just took Joseph Adai. Joseph Adai. <laughs> this is the guy... He puts out a video. If you haven't seen the website, go to fantasymojo.com. Wow. Uh, click the, he's got a video there for the pros versus Joes talking about not drafting Joseph Adai. So <laughs> to see him do that in a crunch situation <laughs> there you go. is a little ironic. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, Scott, because, it, you know, it depends on what situation you're in. And when you find yourself in a situation, well, uh, that's the best player on the board. I might as well take him. <laughs> Let, let's see the, the the few picks that have been drafted since then. Uh, Felix Jones, wow, pound for pound again, uh, is putting together a, an all-star cast here of running backs and wide receivers to choose from. He already has his six starters lined up. Listen to this. Forte, Barber, Owens, Roy Williams. Then he comes back with his two flex spots. Again, this is a two running back, two wide receiver, two flex league. He has Lindale White and Felix Jones. Um, okay, you know he's got some he's got yep. some upside guys. I don't know how I feel about starting Lindale and Felix right out of the gate. I need to see how that's going to shake out. I mean, in a draft masters format, I think it's fantastic. Okay, draft masters, you don't have to worry about when to start them. Throw them in there; they're touchdown guys. But can you count on them week to week? They seem a little sporadic to me, and we just haven't seen enough of Felix. I think he's absolutely electric. Don't get me wrong, yep. but. We we won't we haven't seen enough, uh, but but again as your RB four I think you can feel pretty safe about that. Um, let's keep moving on. Corn uh, Finns just took Antonio Bryant as his wide receiver wow. three. Yeah, you have to like that wide receiver three. Antonio Bryant, what is that pick uh, sixty nine? And Antonio Bryant's average draft position is fifty five according to Mock Draft Central uh, average draft report over the last two weeks. So he's getting a pretty good steal there with Antonio Bryant as his wide receiver three. Again, I love I that was, start. Chris Johnson, Bolden, Pierre, Ray Rice, back with San Antonio Holmes as a wide receiver two. I can live with that. And then Antonio Bryant. I was going to say, Scott, that that could be a real steal with uh, Antonio Bryant going that quick. Uh, you know, he, he obviously he he had a player in mind, and he went ahead and got it. Well, uh, this and again, these guys are wasting no time at all. You would think that they're they have some decisions to make. These guys are absolute professionals. You do not want to be in a league with these guys. <laughs> no, Fish, no, Jeff I mean Gill. when it comes around five or six, they 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 know what to do. They know the button to push. Well, we're not even thirty minutes in, gang, and we're six rounds through. Okay, so that kind of tells you what kind of pace we're on here. These guys are getting. These are five hundred dollar entry fees too. I mean. Uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's just, it's amazing how good these guys really are, and I, and I mean that they're just, they're just, bl- they're blowing yep. through this draft. Listen, Les Sandlin, the, the the turn is on the clock. He's got two picks back to back here. He just took Lee Evans as one of them, so he's got Welker, Hoosh, and Evans as his wide receivers. He's got Peyton Manning, Portis, and MJD. I think he has to take a tight end here before the the run goes too fast. And Kellen Winslow is sitting there. A very high reception guy with 80 some catches, probably projected at 120 catches if he gets it. I would have to take Winslow here uh, and, and just put together a couple other running backs later. I think I think the running backs are all kind of clumped together here, unless he's really high. 
on somebody like Sproles or Jonathan Stewart maybe. Scott, when I maybe. look at these teams, it is incredible how good they look. I mean, everybody is just uh, – Yep. They split the themselves out uh, really well. There's the pick, Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow. Man, I'm all over it, Mike. I'm all over this draft. Yep. Look at that. Kellen Winslow. Now, Les has a team. He's looking great. Manning, Winslow, MJD, Portis, Welker, Hoosh, and Evans. Is that the type of team you could live with from the one spot? Give us a call, 347-324-5404. Okay. Darren Sproles off the clock. Yeah, so Darren, Darren Sproles off the board. Darren Sproles. All right. Now, what does Fist do? All right, Fist let's take a look at the uh, He's probably got to go wide receiver again. He, he's got to go. He's got to go wide out. He's got, he's got a minute and a half Moss. on the clock. Yeah. He's got Santana I mean, Moss as his wide receiver two. Andre Johnson as his wide receiver one. He doesn't have a tight end. I bet you he was feeling a little crappy about Winslow getting sniped there. Uh, Chris Cooley's still out there. You, you can't you can't under overlook Chris Cooley getting him in the seventh no, round uh, when his average yeah. draft position in this draft is seventy six. Okay, his average draft position is seven six. So do some quick math. That is that is pick seven two. So he's getting right about the value you need to get for Chris Cooley, and he's fulfilling a need which is a top receiving tight end in this format at one and a half points per but, reception. You cannot you neglect good, tight end. But do you feel good, Scott, about going into round eight with your wide receivers being Andre Johnson and Santana Moss? And that's it. I don't. Well, I go wide out. He he's made that bet. He has to lay in it. Um, what is more important in this league right now? A tight end that can get you 80 catches is worth 120 catches, Mike. You're not going to get any wide receiver to get you anything close to that. In this at this stage in the game, unless injury strikes, we can take a look at the wide receivers here. He's got 15 seconds. We're going to have the first time out of the draft if he doesn't pick somebody soon. I bet I bet he goes wide out and he'll save it for tight end on the come around. Hey, who's on their game? Who is on their game? Cooley. (laughs) Cooley. I'm four. I'm what four for four, five for five right now. Let's see. I have Cooley, Winslow, a die. Dallas Clark, and, uh, okay, I'm four I'm four for four. That's it, right? Yeah, yeah. four for four. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. <laughs> well, I'll okay. tell you what, I, I was kind of surprised with it, but uh, he made a good pick. That was a good pick. Corn Fins comes back on and continues with the tight end run. Three of the last four picks have been tight ends. Dustin Keller's off the board. He's filled that need. Uh, Sanchez looking pretty good, so that should be a, a fallback pillow safety valve there for uh, Mark Sanchez in his rookie season. Uh, taking Dustin Keller off the board as the, well, let's see, what is that, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth, ninth tight end off the board. Uh, that's about right, Mike. That's about right. Yep. I have yep. I have Keller I have Keller up there, too, if I, if I have to go to my rankings real quick. Uh, I have Keller at actually number six. I'm a little bit higher on Keller than most. Um, that, that's a real high rating. I understand that, but I, I love what I saw in Keller last year. I think he's a an absolute beast. There's one of my favorite players just went off the board in the draft, Mike. Devin Hester. Devin, Devin Hester. Hester at pick seven six as his wide receiver three. Nimrod scores a heck of a player. Jay Cutler's very likely top target. Him and Greg Olson. Uh, I think they're going to do some great things in Chicago. I have Devin Hester, again, a little bit higher than most. 
Um, well, I'm looking he, at I'm looking at Nimrod's themes and his theme, and I see LT, I see Roddy White, Kevin Smith, Deshaun Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Owen Daniels, Devin Hester. I mean, he has solidified pretty much every position possible. So this this will be pretty interesting to see what uh, Twenty Kickers and Pound for Pound do uh, down the road. Well, Twenty Kickers is on the clock right now. He's um, He's got 13 seconds left. He's he's hurting at this at this spot. He doesn't have the tight ends there unless he wants to go ahead and take Carlson. Carlson's still on the clock. He takes, Jonathan, he takes Jonathan Stewart. He takes Jonathan Stewart. That's a nice pick there. Good move. Good move. Yeah, that's that's a real nice pick. It's a it's I, the upside is absolutely incredible when you have D'Angelo Williams in an offense. If he goes down, Jonathan Stewart picks up those carries. Yep. Can you imagine this, Mike? Can you imagine starting, if D-Will did go down, you start Gore, Westbrook, Bush, and Stewart, along with Tom Brady. Uh, your receivers can pretty much be anything you want. Braylon Edwards, yeah. Lance Moore, I think you could win a, a world championship with a team like that with a, with a D-Will injury. I think, he, I think he did what he needed to do, and uh, knowing that uh, I can get a tight end, I can get a Carlson and uh, say 9 or 10, because... Let's face it, that might happen unless uh, all the rest of them listen to us, like Fancy Mojo. We we saw pound for pound. He got Labronius Cole, so uh, Fancy Mojo. Let's take a call from the 901 as Fantasy Mojo is on the clock with a minute to go. 901, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. This is Steve Carter. Steve Carter, congratulations, congratulations on the retirement, buddy. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm sitting here watching this draft, and it's an amazing draft. Uh, I, I've seen quite a few in my life, and this one's just a little different than most. Oh, it makes you feel like you're in Vegas watching this, Steve. It's like, you know, you can sit there and watch your average draft position reports all day long, ADP this, ADP that. Then when you get in a draft room full of competitors who know what they're doing, like we do in Vegas, Chicago, and New York, when you sit down, and you might as well throw your ADP out the window because what you expected to get isn't there, and you just have to go with the flow. Sure. Well, the two teams that stand out most to me are, the, are number one with Sandman, and you go all the way down to number 12 with the number crunchers, and he always does well. And both of those teams stand out in my mind. Well, that, that's, that's the end. That's right, the right, end. Steve. I, that, that, that's interesting that you say that because those are two of the highly most coveted draft slots to pick from. Usually, like in our local league, Mike, you were there this past weekend. Yeah. We we draw for draft slots. So, the you know, the first guy gets the first choice. He took one. The next guy took the next draft shot, slot. He chose number two. I drew the third spot. I went ahead and chose 12, show. And it's just it's like if you can't have one in, you choose the other one. <clears throat> well, there – they're both having strong dress, and uh, they have fine teams, but I don't see a real bad team among this whole group. No, there's no. there's nothing bad there, Steve. Um, what Scott was saying, you know, as far as drafting uh, slots, I said there, uh, I, I was like, well, give me the five. That was a bad move to make, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'll take the five. I'll take, uh-oh. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, you, you, you took the five. I've never done that. Five. I've never been in that. I've always had the uh, draft spot assigned to me, and I find that interesting. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to do it. Yeah, and I and I watched the NFFC do their little uh, their little blurb video, and and it was kind of neat to see that KDS. It's a it's a very similar system. You know, guys are getting the type of draft slot that they want to get this year because it's all over the board. So you might like the five pick, I might like the ten pick. Uh, some of the guys might like the turn. And it's just all over the board this year. I think I think if you want the one pick, there's a good shot that uh, you can get it in that type of in that type of league. Uh, show well, I joined the FFCC main event this, just today. So I saw uh, I, I saw you. Out I saw you Vegas. Vegas. I've got another. I've got stopping one job and going to another, so I won't be able to go to Las Vegas, but I will be in the uh, second draft on uh, September the twelfth. Show who are you high on this year? I know I noticed in another draft you took D'Angelo Williams at the five pick. Is that the guy that you're uh, pretty much hitching your wagon to this year? Well, not necessarily. It depends on who shows up wherever I draft it. But I love D'Angelo because I watched him for four years at the University of Memphis. I'm a season ticket holder, and he was just an exciting person to watch. And, of course, you and I both got the combo with Stewart, who's having some injury problems, but I think he's going to be okay. And Whoa! Whoa, my uh, Steve. Sorry to interrupt, buddy. We've got okay. we have a draft pick that just took place by Invictus Peasy, who's been a little bit quiet tonight. He's going to get some Appreciate airtime with this pick. Michael Bronte takes Chris Henry, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, right after Lavernius Coles uh, was taken. It went Coles, Holt, Andre, Chris Henry at eight. Three. Now let's look at eight three. Eight three is uh, for math majors. That's pick eighty seven. Uh, usually you're looking at a, um, a Kevin Walter type there, uh, something along wow. that lines. You know Steve Breston, oh, Bernard Barian. He's taking he's taking him over guys like Bernard Barian. You know Donnie Avery, uh, Donald Driver, Ted Ginn, he's and he's taking Chris guy. Henry. Come on in. Hey, well, you know what? You got you like a guy. You got to go get him. He, he, I'm sure he's watching that HBO Hard Knocks. Okay, <laughs> but Chris Henry, Chris Henry was being drafted about uh, pick 160, 160 going in uh, to this draft. So he was about a 14th rounder. But again, two weeks in a row, two touchdowns. He's kind of like one of those guys you just toss it up to in the red zone and he goes well, to get it. Drivers hard to pass up right there. Mojo, with eight seconds so left on the clock, takes a steal. My sleeper running back that I named last week, Fantasy Mojo, takes Ahmad Bradshaw as his running back four in the eighth That's round. I like that pick. I like that. Well, you know what? He was he was a little bit thin, in my opinion, with Derek Ward as his RB2. He's decided to go ahead and address that with two more running backs, Adai and Bradshaw. I think he did a pretty good yeah. job. I got a question for you, Scott. Does uh, yeah. pound for pound take a quarterback or just continue to wait? He took Jay Cutler. You're right, Mike. He took Jay Cutler. 20 kickers comes back and takes Bernard Berrien. And, and look, Mike, 20 kickers, I'm going to say it again. He waits till the fifth round to get his wide receiver one. Steve, I don't know if you've ever done that before. He waits till his fifth round for wide receiver one, and he picks up Braylon, Lance Moore, and Bernard Berrien in the eighth with Brett Favre. No, I've never done that. I kind of like to get my receivers early. But that, yeah. You only, you only, you only have to start two. You only have to start two in this format, not three. I know, but yeah, the Braylon Edwards hurt. format, I mean, that, that that doesn't impress me at all. Braylon does not impress me at all. Would he if he had Derek Anderson throwing him the ball? 
probably. Probably so. So, really, the question is, can Brady Quinn get it together? Is he tired of the modeling career and the gun show and, and all the workouts and the vitamin you know, commercials, or is he ready to uh, get out there and play some football and throw the ball? He's never really had the deep ball, so that's what, that's what Braylon needs. Well, right now, I think uh, D.A. is number one in their system, according to Mangini. Hey, Steve, let's, let's take a look at recovery boys here for a second. Uh, Tommy Yates, uh, he loves Larry Fitzgerald. He took him at the first pick overall, and I cannot, blame, I cannot blame him for taking Fitzgerald at five. I'm thinking about taking Fitzgerald at five in Vegas. Um, it, it's one of those picks that is so safe, and, he, and he's going he's gonna to improve on last year's numbers. Let's face it, he started rolling in the playoffs. So Larry Fitzgerald, it, it does not bother me one bit in the first round. Tommy takes Fitz, Steve Smith, Ocho Cinco, comes back with Ryan Grant, Olsen, Willie Parker, oh, Julius Jones, and Heinz Ward. He's really taking some stabs at those running backs, guys. Willie Parker, Julius Jones, doesn't really do it for me. Well, for him to go with those three receivers in a row and still come back and get those backs, that's not doing too bad. Uh, and plus Olsen's a good tight end. I don't think he did that badly. That's that's a unique way of doing it, but he looks to me like he's coming out pretty good. Well, for me, I just cannot take my wide receiver three that early. It's not that important of a position. You're you're taking your flex player before you're taking your wide receiver or your running back one. So oh, I agree, I agree. I just said I thought he came out pretty good doing it that way, which I wouldn't have done it that way either and never have but I still thought he came out pretty good to get the running backs he did get uh, based on doing that. Mike, what are we seeing here? 347-324-5404. What are we seeing? There's no way, Scott, I could do that. uh, The position that he was in, uh, I couldn't take it that quick. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you just got to keep, stay the course and move on. Well, I'll tell you this. If I have Pierre Thomas staring at me in the face and I go wide receiver, wide receiver in that third round, Pierre Thomas is fine. (laughs) But, oh, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm sorry. He didn't have a chance at Pierre. He was gone. He was gone. No, he was gone. Pierre and and Ronnie were both gone by 3-5. And if we see that in Vegas, I'm going to be a sad, sad puppy. Okay, well, say Pierre and Ronnie are gone. Uh, Who else would – Save it on the table. Who would you take? What, here? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Instead of, uh, if, if Pierre Thomas was gone, and instead of Ocho Cinco, if I, if I started off a draft with Fitz and Steve Smith, I'd have Ronnie to take. Brown. Well, Ronnie Brown was gone. Ronnie Brown was gone no, at 3-3. Was... I'm looking right at him. Fish got him. Yeah, oh, fish got him. Yeah, I'm going the wrong way. Sorry. Yep, so. So do you reach for Kevin Smith there? I guess you I guess you take Kevin Smith or or Reggie Bush. It just depends on your preference That's a tough now. Decision. And Reggie Bush, I mean, let's face it, the guy all he does is dance. So, yeah, I, I mean that's tough. For me, I would have to take Kevin Smith there. It's a very tough spot I to agree. be in, like you said, Mike. I agree with you 100%. But I take Kevin Smith there simply because of the workload. I need a running back that I can count on to get carries, and, you know, okay, you can count on Ryan Grant, too, uh, to get you carries for the most part. Uh, I think there are some doubters, um, but, boy, I'll tell you what, right. 
it, it just makes it very tough going forward. And now he's got to count on Willie Parker as his RB2. And, and you know, I know he's a Steelers fan and all, but I, I'm not sold on counting on Willie Parker this year. I didn't like what I saw. He had a couple of games in the playoffs that were great, but I just uh, I just didn't like I, I don't like it. Well, one, one thing about fantasy football is uh, – you tend to alienate yourself from being a real fan. Like I'm a Cowboy fan, and uh, I drafted uh, I drafted a kicker that might not even kick the, this year, Nick Folk. Um So nicely done. You know. <laughs> so you know you draft you draft to win the game. <laughs> hey, you know what? And I've got so much. But just before I go on, I know I was I was talking about I was talking about Tommy's pick there. But I tell you what. I've got so much respect for Tommy Yates. Here I am today. I had a couple. I had a little bit of time to kill. I go to the bookstore, Barnes and Noble, sit down, find a couple of magazines off the rack, pull them down, and I'm just flipping through and looking at at some of the guys. I love the fact that these magazines have decided to embrace the high stakes fantasy players for their opinions and their advice. A lot of times, all you had uh, were website operators, magazine editors, and contributors. Right. They've really made a push the last, and I, I, I like to think we've been a little bit of a part of this, but it's nice to see them getting recognized, the high-stakes players, and getting their feedback. I sat down and picked up a couple of rags, Mike and Steve, and, and here, here's, here's Tommy Yates reviewed, uh, and his draft strategies are being reviewed, and you know his commentary is going on and on. And I tell you, I'm just getting some real valuable stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of players out here around the country that are getting valuable fantasy information. If they really like this as a hobby, they can listen to these guys and really pick up on some really good pointers that used they, they just it just wasn't available back then. It was these magazines were filled with bad advice, old outdated material and you know, you can see Dave Gerzak, Tommy Yates and and, and, and several of the well, other Scott, guys, Todd Allman. They're, they're just giving great advice. I just have so much respect for them. Well Scott, you nailed it. Uh you said something a word that just nailed through. It's a hobby. It's a hobby for a lot of us, and it's uh, it's work for a lot of us. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, fantasy football has become over and beyond. I'm sitting there at the dentist's office, and the guy's going, "What the heck, fantasy football?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in seven, eight leagues, and Rachel, she's in eight leagues, and you know, <laughs> he's just he's just laughing, and he goes, "Well, how can I get in one?" I said. Tune in to Blog Talk Radio, Red versus Blue tonight. Well, yeah, that's right. Let's let's talk about this. Lee, we've been sitting here talking about this draft all night, and, and for most for the most part, everybody here knows what this is all about. But all these guys ponied up five hundred dollars entry fee. The winner of this league, this is a ninety-two percent payback league, which means ninety-two yeah. percent of the total entry fees go back into the prize pool. And is paid back to the winners. It's a it's an unprecedented mark in, for the high stakes world, only only matched by the big payback league itself. This is the big payback satellite. What that means is, five hundred dollar entry fee. One winner gets a five thousand dollar valued free entry into the big payback league in Vegas next year. It's a seat at the big payback draft. That league, there's twelve guys that are ponying up five grand apiece. <laughs> and the winner wins twenty five thousand uh, dollars as a first place prize at least, and then there's more to win there as well. They, they pay back ninety two percent. So picture this: one of these guys, one of these twelve, 
are going to be sitting in Vegas next year at the big payback draft for only $500. They're surrounded by 11 other guys that just paid a five grand. <laughs> yeah, this is you know, hilarious. I mean, the FFBC, they've done everything. Uh, Dave and Alex, they've done everything. They've gone over and beyond. And that's awesome. I mean, to be able to do that, to be able to have that chance, I mean, just like me, I, I got a chance to uh, be in the main that's event. That's right. I mean, right. that is awesome. That's right. Well, Steve, hey, thanks for joining us. Can you stick around a little longer, or you, you got something to do? Well, I got something to do, but I just wanted to okay. let you guys know it's a great show as always, and I listen to it every time I get a chance. Well, thanks for having you on. Again, congratulations on your career, and uh, we, we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. Hey, Steve. Yes, Mike. Real quick, uh, thank you for all you do. And the uh, in the town, uh, what town is it? Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know. We're losing Mike. I think I lost we're, him. Yeah. Yeah, we're losing him. But hey, Steve, thanks for thanks for coming in, buddy. And we'll we'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye. All right. That was. Steve Carter. Shoden has just signed up for the FFPC main event. The draft slots are filling up. You are getting the draft slots early. They've given half of them out already. They're going to give another round out of them out here soon. Uh, maybe we can get Alex or Dave on and talk about that. I know they're going to uh, release another set of uh, draft positions here soon for that second round of uh, second wave of entries that are coming in. Number Crunchers is on the clock right now. Again, these guys are flying. We're already through nine rounds. And we're going to break these each and every team down before this hour is up. We are we are at 9:12, and let's take a look at number crunchers right now. He's got a minute and a half left on the clock. He's sitting with Steve Slayton and D. Will, just a fantastic start. Eddie Royal and Vincent Jackson again with the questions surrounding Marshall. Uh, what a great way to start the draft as your wide receiver one in the third round. Tony Romo and Carlson are the quarterback tight end combo. And then he sits at his flex players with Larry Johnson and Torrey Holt. He's got two picks here back-to-back. He just took Visanti Shanko. He took Visanti Shanko as his tight end, too. So he says, you know what, I'll start two tight ends on you. If I don't see the value here, I'll start two tight ends on you. Donnie Avery's still sitting here. Now, I know he's got an injury, but that has to be wearing on him here. Uh, Donnie Avery is still out there as a, uh, a, vi- a viable candidate for a wide receiver four. I think you have to take that chance with Donnie Avery as a wide receiver four here. Did we lose Mike altogether? Bring on, bring on another co-host. Mike, did we lose you? No, I'm here. Okay. I'm, Mike is back. <laughs> man, I, I lost you. Uh, okay, we've, 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 we've lost Mike again in spirit. <laughs> we are going to be right back in 60 seconds. Got to get a drink, guys. Be right back. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. What's you know the routine. Though? It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. 
Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? All right, we are back with the Red versus Blue Big Payback Satellite Draft. We're, we're, we're happy to be here tonight. The phone number to reach us and the show live is 347-324-5404. We're going to start breaking down these teams. I'll tell you, there's a couple of teams that just stand out to me right now. And when, when I look at when I look at Billy Waz's team, Billy Wasoski's, uh, he really went upside. Anytime you go Randy Moss and Reggie Wayne out of the gate, you're crossing your fingers, you're praying that you can get some running backs. But in this draft, running backs went faster than I think he even expected them to. The only player he really could feel good about was Darren McFadden at 311. Uh, Darren McFadden at 311 was, was the only real option there as his RB1. A little bit of risk there, no doubt about it. Then comes up with Antonio Gates and Phillip Rivers uh, on that set of uh, turn there, four and five. Uh, Gates, Rivers, Moreno is, is the way he rounds that up. So Moreno as his RB2, Leon Washington as his three. He's really taking and swinging for the fences with this group. It's, a, it's, it's yeah. not the draft that I think Billy expected. No, I, I totally agree with you, Scott. Uh I'm looking at his team right here, uh, uh, Randy Moss, Reggie Wayne. But uh, when you th- when you start thinking about uh, running back, Darren uh, McFadden, that's not a solidified starter. Uh, no Sean Moreno, not a solidified starter. Leon Washington, not a, you know, not a big time starter. So I don't know what uh, Billy Wallace is thinking, but uh, he's got he's got something that he's gonna he's gonna pull trigger on something. Oh, oh, and you know what? 20 kickers has to be just beside himself that he couldn't get his hands on LaShawn McCoy. Now, granted, he's got four running backs already, so he's not that worried. He went ahead and got his tight end here in Jeremy Shockey. Donnie Avery's finally off the board at 10-3. My, how the mighty have fallen. Look at this. Donnie Avery. Billy Walls reaches. Billy Walls reaches for Fred Jackson. Well, Donnie Avery, again, at 89, his, his – his average draft position was uh, mid-seventh round, okay? He's, he's falling all the way to 10-3 right now. This guy is plummeting like a – man, I've never – he's sinking like a rock, Mike. Donnie Avery, yeah. you're getting Donnie Avery a wide receiver one for the Rams in the 10th round, and, and maybe maybe we need to get an injury update on him because I'm just seeing him no, fall. No, it's, like, it's because of the offense. It's because of the team. The team is not very good. And uh, that's just so, the way it works. What's that matter in fantasy? I don't care how good they are. Well, it does matter. So you say. <laughs> well, it does. I mean, if the team is not very good, then nine times out of ten, I mean, what what Donnie Avery do last year? He looked good. Or he may have looked good, but what did he do? Give me numbers. Well, I don't have him in front of me. You're going to have to just All believe right. me. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, was that, a, was, that a, was that was that an honest response? Well, that was very honest. But you can, I mean, you can put up numbers on a losing team over and over again. But the bottom line is, you better be on a winning team. Well, it doesn't matter, Mike. Who cares if you're on a winning team? The matter of fact, the, the worse you do, the better chance your your quarterback is going to be out on the on the field throwing to you, man. I, I don't know where you're coming from with that, dude. Donnie Avery, last year, his rookie season, playing in a part-time role behind Torrey Holt, 53 catches, 674 yards, and three touchdowns. He was wide receiver 39, and what receiver did he go here? Let's, let's count him up. Uh, let's see. Count him. 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 18, 19, 20, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. He's going off 41. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he was, he was already ahead of that last year. So what I'm trying to say is that the kid is not going to be good in the situation because it's just, it's not going to work. Well, he's got to learn a new West Coast offense with uh, Spagnolo, and Spagnolo. he was having a great he was he was having a great off season until he had the, the stress fracture. But he's already wanting to get out there and practice. And I mean, this is a guy that last year Mike didn't even get into the game until week three anyway. So I think he's a I think he's a he's a, he's going to be a, a nice talent on that field. I think I think Peasy is very happy to get him. He already took a risk with Chris Henry there. I think he could have reversed that, and, and it probably would have looked better. But, look, PZ, PZ started off. Let's take a look at this again. Turner, Benson, Donald Brown, and Wells. A lot of risk there. Jennings, Gonzalez as your two. Henry as your three. Avery as your four. Tony Gonzalez and Matt Schaub. He's got both Tony Gonzalez's, by the way. But there's a lot of risk, a little bit too much for me, too much for my taste. But, hey, you know what? If you like those guys, you've got to go get them. Donald Brown's very likely in a timeshare with a die. He's, you're going to have a hard time predicting which games to play him. Cedric Benson, you know, he's a guy that you can get behind that late in the draft. In the fifth round, late fifth, I, I understand. But, I mean, he had a couple of big games there. Hey, so I'll tell you. What uh, is and uh, Fish? Cornfins just took Matt Ryan. Uh, with the ninth, with the ninth pick in the tenth round, as his okay. as his quarterback yeah, two behind here, Carson. Here Paul. is a here is a solid chance for Fish to make a huge play. He don't need a quarterback. He's got his quarterback. He can get a quarterback later down the road. Yeah. Uh, he's got Andre, Brandon, Ronnie, Marshawn. He just he's took Brent Selleck. He just took Brent Selleck. Oh, you can. Wait on that dude. You can wait on him and take a wide receiver. Well, the wide receiver options are pretty thin, Mike. Crabtree, Chambers, Muhammad, Nix. You heard a name yet? Clayton, Camarillo, Bruce, Jenkins, Josh Reed, Branch, Curtis, Devon, Beth. What about Nate Washington? Oh, yeah, Nate's still there. Sure, sure. Well, I, I would take him in 10. I, I think so. I, I think so. Nate Washington is, yeah. a, is a player that is an interesting player that I've been watching quite a bit of here lately. Uh, I named him as a as a sleeper wide receiver. His draft stock uh, draft stock is going up as well. 
Uh, he's all the way up to 129. This, uh, well, he's, I'm sorry, he's, his average is 158. So again, still a late, late draft spot uh, for Nate Washington. He can be picked at any time here, um, anytime 11th, 12th round. I think you can feel good about it and, and get you a nice quality player. Syracuse Slappers is on the clock, and this is the guy that we, yeah. we we talked about earlier when he took Thomas Jones as his running back two. Again, if you look at last year's stats, I think you say, "Hey, that's pretty good." But I think that there's a lot of us that there's a lot of us that aren't buying Thomas Jones this year, just no matter where he falls to you. Uh, I will buy Thomas Jones any any day of the week. He's going wide receiver right here. Well, it's it's hard to say to. with 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 the with the value that's out there. I mean, you're taking a guy that you're not real high on. I mean, do you maybe you take a chance on Crabtree here just to, to see what he's got? But no, no. I, otherwise, I it's Chambers, uh, maybe some Hakeem Nicks. I mean, these are guys that have upside, but they're not really counting on anything. I mean, if you're if if I'm if I'm this guy, okay, he took Chambers. I, I was gonna say if I if I'm if I'm Slappers, I'm taking a guy like Burleson, who's a wide receiver two on the Seahawks. I mean, Burleson is a guy that's that's completely underrated right now. Uh, Burleson is going off the board at the 200 pick, Mike. 200. Yeah. The earliest we've seen him go is pick 137, which is like the uh, well, what is that? The um, uh, the end of the 11th round. Yeah. Uh, the 12th round, mid 12th. Wow. So I gotta tell you what. Watch Sandman uh, take a uh, take a wide receiver. He took Ernest Graham. Quarterback. He took Ernest Graham uh, to pair with Jamal Lewis. Portis and MJD. That's his RB four. His wide receivers are Welker, Hoosh, Evans, and Driver. Mike Welker, Hoosh, Evans, and Driver. I think he's sitting pretty. Yep. He's got a lot of options. Uh, his flex positions are what you want to look at. His flex spots are Evans, Driver, Jamal Lewis, or Graham. Pick two of those: Evans, Driver, Jamal Lewis, or Graham. He starts Peyton and Winslow, and the other four you can count on all day long: Welker, Hoosh, Portis, and MJD. Uh, that, that's kind of like how I like to do this, is I like to kind of see what the flex spots are. I'm really interested to see what he's going to take on this next pick. I bet he takes a quarterback. Just... He's already got Peyton. He has no need for a quarterback at all. If you take Peyton, uh, you take Breeze, you take Brady, there's no reason to even draft another quarterback because you can get one in waivers anytime by the bye week. I would come I out of this that. draft with one wide receiver, with one quarterback. If it were me, that's that's kind of how I operate. I'm, you know, there's no reason for me to take a, a quarterback at all. You know, Brett Favre is out there for some of these guys that have a weak quarterback. I mean, if you're sitting here with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe uh, Jay Cutler, this, those are the guys that might take a snag on on a, on a Brett Favre. But you don't take a quarterback here if you have Peyton Manning. He has. <laughs> taken Devin Thomas. No, I'm sorry. He took Jeremy Macklin. Two upside guys here. Macklin and Devin Thomas off the board. Uh, and here's a guy I would have taken. Fish, I love what you just did. Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin's <laughs> off the board. Fish is having a great draft here. I love it. Let's take a look at Fish a little bit closer. This is Jeff Gill. Andre Johnson and Santana Moss are his starting wide receivers. Jacobs and Ronnie Brown are his starting running backs. Breeze and Cooley at quarterback and tight end. Everything is fitting into place. Mike, let's take a look at the two yeah. flex positions. What are they? Lynch, Lynch, Mason, McCoy, McCoy, Selleck, 
and Harvin. I like it. I like it. Matter of fact, he should have been thinking Fred Jackson. Where did wow. Fred Jackson go? Fred Jackson went uh, way back here in the 10th. He, sh- he he would have had to have taken him over LaShawn McCoy. I can understand wanting McCoy after what we saw last night. Did you get to see that game? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Well, it wasn't that he put up good stats. I just liked how they were using him. They were throwing sweeps uh, and tosses. He was and He's the type of guy to get to the outside, and the Colts did a pretty good job. But this guy made some plays while he was out there. I just uh, – you know, Scott – to be honest with you, uh, when I look at his team, I do not see anything from the running back standpoint that just stands out. I mean, Brandon Jacobs, yeah, uh, yeah, he could be good. He could be really didn't good. I trade, didn't I trade Brandon Jacobs and Ronnie Brown to you in a dynasty? Thank you. Jacobs and Ronnie? And yes, sir. Yes, sir, okay. and I love it. So you're, you're saying you don't – oh, you do love him, on your, but you don't like him on his team. Which no, is it? no. Well, well, you like him on your team. I, you don't like him on his team. I like him. You like on, him on your I dynasty like team, but you don't like him in redraft. Jacobs and Ronnie. No, no, not, not making a lot all. of sense, Mike. Not late. Not making a lot of sense tonight, bud. Oh gosh. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We are live broadcasting the red versus blue big payback five hundred dollar play by play commentary draft. Can't get it all out. Hey, Mike, I picked up the WCOFF mag uh, just a quick minute here. And, uh, you know, it's got a neat article in here that I, I it's a nice snapshot. I'm going to be taking it with me in Vegas. It's called the 2008 Position Targets. It's a target map for every team by player. Okay? It kind of, you can just scan it. I do a cursory scan of wide receivers and running backs and how many targets each team received. Okay? So, for example... You can look down and say, Buffalo wide receivers had a total of 265 passing targets last year. Running backs only had 115. Right. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. You can you can kind of see each position. Wide receivers for Pittsburgh, you know they had 329 targets? Wide receivers for Pittsburgh had 329 targets. That seems like a lot. That seems like a lot what, when – when when teams like uh, the Texans are at 330, and the Giants were even at 330, uh, the Lions were at 330, and they were behind all year. The Packers were at 360, and it looks like they led the lead. So 330 is an awful lot of targets. Look, the Eagles That's are at 360. So there's a couple of teams here that surprised me. Pittsburgh had 330. The Giants had 330. Oh, here's the Broncos. 420 wide receiver targets. That's Jay Cutler going to the Bears. You have to think a little bit of that uh, comes with him to Chicago. Chicago last year only had 260 targets to wide receivers. So they've got a big gap here to make up uh, from the targets that they had last year. I mean, look at Cleveland. Pitiful. 236 targets to wide receivers last year. That is just not going to get it done. That's, that's Baltimore's. Let's see, Baltimore. Baltimore, here they are. Baltimore's 236. Minnesota's 241. I mean, Cleveland is absolutely putrid in the passing game. It, it's very hard for me to get behind any wide receiver uh, on Cleveland. Okay, the draft is still going on here, Mike. Um, let's see, we just went through a couple of quarterbacks. Devon Bess went to Cornfins. I love what Cornfins is doing in this draft. And if you ask me, 
Corn Fence is annihilating the competition tonight. Let's take a look at Jeff Tiribasi real quick, drafting out of the four hole. Chris Johnson uh, is a is a candidate for the four spot this year. He didn't take him over. He didn't take Stephen Jackson. He did not take Matt Forte, which is a little bit surprising. But he, he starts with Chris Johnson. No worries, no complaints. Comes back with Anquan Bolden, Pierre Thomas, Ray Rice. Love the start. He's already got a flex. He comes back with Santonio Holmes and Antonio Bryant. Mike, his two flex players are Ray Rice and Antonio Bryant. You see any team on this board of 12 that can put up, that can compete with Ray Rice and Antonio Bryant as your two flex? No, I mean that's absolutely outstanding. That's what he did, oh, what he did was he he just laid in wait, kind of like a yep. horse, uh, just kind of just laying laying in wait, just yep. okay. Now I'm gonna pounce, it worked. and he pounced, and it worked. Yep. And, and you know the the funny thing is that in this draft, you usually in an FFPC format, fantasy football players championship format, you normally take your tight end early. Okay. Well, Fish, or, or I'm sorry, Cornfins knows that in this competition, the the value at wide receiver running back is going to dry up fast. He decides to go ahead and and target tight end and quarterback for the seventh and eighth round. So he fills up his entire six spots before he takes his running or his tight end and quarterback with Keller and Palmer. But the other thing I like, he takes guys like Josh Morgan and Devon Bess after yeah. in the ninth and the eleventh. Those are guys that I have a, a ton of respect for this year. And Josh Morgan, let's just take a look at Josh Morgan. His draft stock, his ADP, according to Mock Draft Central, and, and the guys at Jeff Stein at Mock Draft Central does a great job with this ADP trend report, Mike. It looks at the last couple of weeks and shows you a percentage, up or down, color codes it in red and green. It's an absolute must. Print it out for your drafts. I'm giving you guys out tips here that you've got to take advantage of. Josh Morgan is up 33%, Mike, in the last two weeks. His wow. draft stock has went from 186 two weeks ago from to 154 a week ago. He's up to 139 this week. And we just saw him go, let's see, at pick 100. He, we just saw him go at pick 100 here tonight. So Josh Morgan he is a player. Ahead, he, he goes ahead of Chris Chambers. He goes ahead of Devin Thomas. He goes ahead of Devon Bass. He goes ahead of uh, Kevin Curtis. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, well, I, I can buy that. Josh Morgan is a, is, a, is a player that is on the rise. And conversely, Michael Crabtree, 29% draft movement to the negative the last two weeks. He's went from 106, right where Morgan's being drafted right now, to 133 to 151. And this guy's doing it to himself. He's just really putting us in a, in a bind here to draft him. And has anybody taken Crabtree off the board yet? Not one person. Not one person is taking Crabtree off the board. No. The picks are flying off the board. Jerome uh, Billy just went, and I don't believe that. Well, Billy Waz just took Nate Burleson and then Chad Shillings, and Victus Peasy comes back and takes Chad Shillings. Uh, so we just reviewed Cornfins. We love what he's doing. Uh, you know what? Let's take a look at Nimrods real quick for a minute. Nimrods is Kip Lockwood. Uh, out on the West Coast there, Nimrod uh, starts off with Ladanian Tomlinson. This is a player that we've seen go anywhere from pick four to about pick I, twelve I, I, I this year. Know, Scott, I got to, I got to cut you're, in here. Uh, you're killing why me. Why in the heck did Invictus take uh, Chad Shillings? Chad Shillings is a guy that's moving up a lot of draft boards, Mike. You, you haven't he's been out, paying attention, he's out, huh? He's out four. He's out four to six weeks. 
He's he's a guy that when he gets in that lineup will very likely be the number one wide receiver in Oakland. I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, at this late in the draft, I think you you can uh, take a stab. But yeah, I mean, he's got a little bit of risk here on his team already. Chris Henry, uh, you know, Donnie Avery with a little bit of injury. He's, he's piling up on the. Uh, he's this is the all the all injured team here. Avery and Shillins and Wells. Yeah, he's got Chris Wells on the team. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Uh, but, again, hey, I want to look at Nimrods, LT and Kevin Smith uh, as his two running backs, Roddy White, Deshaun Jackson as his two wide receivers, liking what he's doing. He gets Hester and Hightower. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad flex spots here. It's not on the caliber of Ray Rice and Santonio Holmes, but he's getting a little bit better. He's got Aaron Rodgers and Owen Daniels. That's a little bit better than Palmer and Keller um, that we referred to earlier. So right. uh, I like I like what I like what uh, Kip did here with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Daniels coming back with Hester and Hightower. He comes back and also gets McGahee, Bush, and Curtis the last three rounds. Uh, okay, I, I like what he's done here. McGahee uh, and Bush late, uh, not not too bad. Uh, I think it's respectable. I don't I don't see a there's a couple of guys I may have preferred there. Uh, Chester Taylor is one that uh, pound for pound just got an absolute steal with in the tenth round. Right. The guy, Adrian Peterson owner, not taking Chester Taylor uh, where you'd think he'd go. Uh, Jamal Charles, he took Jamal Charles in the ninth instead. Could that be harmful here to Syracuse Slappers and John Haskell's uh, opportunity here? Chester Taylor is a guy that you can start regardless if Adrian Peterson goes down as a flex player if you need him. His, His average draft position is 120, right about the 10th round. And so when he didn't take him in the ninth, He's asking somebody to steal him in the tenth, and he's gone. He, he he took him. So I hope I hope that Slappers uh, feels good about Jamal Charles there when he could have had Chester Taylor. It's something that all every Adrian Peterson owner has to think about, Mike. When you take Chester Taylor, and for me, I have to have him. If I don't get him, if I don't get him in the ninth, then you can forget it because I'll bet you somebody takes him in the tenth. Yep, I totally agree, Scott. I mean, you pretty you pretty much have to have Chester. Um, that's just unless way, you think kind of unless works. you think unless you think Percy's going to do it. I don't think they're going to use him in that no, manner. I think they're no, going to use no, him no. at wide receiver. So I I, I think Chester I think is the guy that. We have a Brett Barb sighting on uh, twenty kickers. Whoa, we do. And you know that's funny that um, that's funny that twenty kickers. Um, A.K.A. John Duckworth, A.K.A. Yellow Line is unofficial, A.K.A. War Kittens, uh, takes Brett Favre <laughs> when you already have Tom Brady. Now, you know what? I I remember Dave Meyer in my league, Mafia, uh, in my World Championship League last year, after Tom Brady had that great season, the magical year where he's breaking lots of records, uh, every record there was, and... Mm-hmm. He was drafting at the 211. Picture this, Mike. You're drafting at the 211. So you've got the guy at, at the turn. At the first pick took Ladanian Tomlinson. And you're back right. at 211, and Tom Brady falls to you. He just takes a look, and he picks his head up, and he says, you guys did this to me. You guys did this to me. I cannot. We cannot let the Ladanian Tomlinson owner have Tom Brady. And he just spits out the name Tom Brady at 211. And he just shakes his head like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I didn't want to. It's, wow. it's not a taboo. It's taboo in the world championship or in these high-stakes leagues to take a quarterback that early. And he's shaking his head like, I can't believe I did it, but I had to. Can't believe I did it. And then can you imagine being in Vegas, you know, you know, looking forward to it all year, 
booking your hotel, booking your flight, getting out into Vegas and spending a week out there, three or four days, four nights. Man. And watching Bledsoe go down, and then next thing you know. Not Bledsoe, but Brady. And he goes down week one, game one, first half against oh, the Chiefs, no. and you see him get carried off the field. Now, can you imagine the depression that you have to sink into? I don't even watch the second half of the games. I just go back to my hotel and just crash. You know, I've seen it all. Yeah, I didn't I'll, want I'll Tom Brady. I had no intention of drafting him, but I had to do it. And now look I would have no, I would have no interest in in the rest of the games, and I'll be like, uh oh, oh. Sean Man, Green just is off. Sean Green just went by uh, Fish. Uh, Jeff Gill just took Smart Sean guy. Green. Uh, and you know what? Thomas Jones, owner Syracuse Slapper. It's like he's it's like he's kind of watching his draft and saying, "Oh, I better take Sean Green because he's going to go to the Thomas Jones owner." <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, that's got to be in the back of your mind when you're Syracuse Slappers and, and you're John Haskell here, and and you see that. Uh, you know, Sean Green just went one pick in front of you. You know, you've got to be thinking about that. But, well, another um, thing, hey. Scott, when you're drafting against each other and uh, whether it's online or what have you, just like last week, I mean, when you stole a player from me, I mean, I was like, oh, that hurt. That hurt me. That hurt me. You know, so, you know, it's just it's fun to, uh, it's fun to do it online or what have you in life. Mike, they're giving you a heck in the chat room again. What have what you been drinking tonight, bub? Miller Lite. How many, how many, what, what's, we, we got a buzzometer update, or do we need a buzzometer uh, yeah, update? Yeah, the, buzz, the buzzometer update is on, uh, it's about eight, but I'm just, it's eight. It's higher than eight, bud. It's higher than eight. No, my... I can't talk. If you guys, uh, I, I mean, I know. I need a new co-host. I, <laughs> I say it every week. I need a new co-host, but somehow or another, we end up pulling it off and, and, and breaking records. So we'll keep doing what we're doing. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number, Mike. And uh, wow, Bo Scape is off the board. Uh, Sandman left. Sandlin takes Bo Scape as a, a tight end in the twelfth round. Uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. As the 18th tight end off the board, Mike, I currently have Bo Scaife, uh in that ballpark. That's about that's about right for him. Uh, no, but there's some I, other there's some other tight ends out there that I that I kind of like. Um, seeing I, seeing Bo Scaife go when when uh, a player like uh, you know you know who's somebody that I'm that, that's growing on me right now that I haven't bumped up in my rankings yet. It's Chris that? Baker. Chris Baker nice. Is, nice is, is normally known as a blocking tight end, okay? I'm a Jets fan, and so I've been through the years of Chris Baker. But he has some receiving skills. And with Ben Watson not even showing up, I mean, I don't even know if he's even if he's even practiced yet. I don't know what kind of injury <laughs> this guy has. But Chris Baker comes in there and instantly has chemistry with Brady the other night and catches two touchdown passes. So I think Baker is a nice little steal here for somebody uh, that, that might be looking at tight end. And another guy, a deep, deep sleeper. When we get late in the draft, if you guys want to think about it, I'm just going to go on the record and tell you, this is Red vs. Blue Radio, a Louisville fan and a Kentucky fan talking. But Gary Barnage, the tight end for the Carolina Panthers, has overtaken Jeff King. Okay, this is a little bit of news that broke uh, the other day. 
But Jeff King is no longer the starting tight end for your Carolina Panthers. DeLone has always wanted a tight end he could count on. They tried Rosario there a little bit. Jeff King comes back in the mix. They don't really know what's going on. Gary Barnage is a player that in the Louisville offense used to stretch the field. He's a dangerous weapon for Brian Brom back then. And, and maybe maybe DeLome has will get a little bit of chemistry. Hey, I'll tell you, Gary Barnage is, is just as much of a tight end as Brent Selleck was. Brent Selleck played at Cincinnati. Do you remember that, Mike? Selleck was yes, the star at the Cincinnati Bearcats in the Big yeah. East. Uh, he was a star, a star player for them, one of the lone bright spots for the, for the Bearcats. Uh, now, Barnage was just as much of a tight end as Selleck was. The, the tight end that is lost in the shuffle that I've been thinking about a lot that's a SEC product is uh, Brad Cottom. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with this guy. He's not getting any love uh, from uh, Kansas City. But, uh, you know, I think this kid could be really good. Uh, he's huge, big, uh, shows a yeah, lot of skills, and he's got great hands. Yeah, well, he did throw – he did uh, – think Ben threw a one-yard touchdown pass to him the other night. So, uh, you know, I think he is a guy he's, – he, he's one of their very few threats down there, you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he's a guy that uh, – it's it's a new offense. You don't know what they're going to do there. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think he's he's expected to step in uh, for the traded Tony Gonzalez. I mean, Gonzo was the leading receiver the last five seasons, and they need a tight end after letting Gonzo go. And, and you know, so I don't know. But, but, but maybe they need to bring somebody else in. I'm not I'm not too convinced yeah. that, that caught him. He was – he's six foot seven, no, Mike. He's six yeah. foot seven. <laughs> I mean, he's a huge guy. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, there there, there were times in uh, Tennessee where he was playing a, you know, wide receiver and uh, linebacker at even one time. So, yeah, and you know, another guy that I saw last night uh, that looked pretty good, Peyton Manning looked his way quite a bit. Jacob Tammy is a guy you guys want to keep your eye on. Listen, we saw the Colts game last wow. night. Tammy was targeted about five or six times last night in a, in a short order, in a short period of time. Jacob Tammy from Kentucky, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Kentucky from last Kentucky. year, he was, he was a rookie last year. T A M M E. Yeah, T A M M E. He looked pretty good, and I'll tell you what, if I've if I've got Dallas Clark, I'm thinking, you know, it might be a, a wise backup just to, to have because Peyton was looking his way several times, and this is with Gonzo in the game, Pierre Garcon was in the game. Uh, Wayne was in there, and Dallas Clark. All those guys went in. They were running. They were running two tight end set out there, and he was spread out, and and they kept looking his way. So I mean, it might be another late, late sleeper. You might want to keep your eye on. He's probably a guy that you'll end up getting in the waiver wire. Uh, Corn Cornfins continues to add to uh, upside players here. Bernard Scott, man, wow. Bernard Scott in the thirteenth to go with Bess, Robert Meacham, Josh Morgan. He's having a fantastic, fantastic draft. I love it. Palmer, Matt Ryan as his quarterbacks. Running backs are Chris Johnson, Pierre Thomas, and Ray Rice. If you want to put together a draft like this, here's how you do it. Don't take a tight end or quarterback until the seventh round, period. Don't do it. Don't fall into the hype of of getting one like everybody else does. If you want a solid running back-wide receiver combo where you don't have question marks and you leave the draft, feeling confident about your team, don't draft a tight end or a quarterback in the early rounds. Now, you know what? You can get away with that in these smaller leagues, 
in these leagues you've been drafting, in these mock drafts you've been drafting, you look at your draft and you're like, man, that looks pretty good. I might want to try that. I think I can get away with that. Matter of fact, I might be able to get away with my tight end and quarterback early this year. I'm feeling kind of good about my sleepers. Guess what? Your sleepers are everybody else's sleepers. And when there's 12 of you at the table, you're not getting your hands on Devin Hester where you were getting him. You're not getting I Felix Jones where you thought you were going to get him. These, are the, these guys are going. Go ahead. Hey, Scott, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of fun to sit there and think, well, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, what have you. But, uh, yeah, these guys are going to be gone. So now it's time, if you're a uh, fantasy football owner, to just go ahead and do your homework and get ready for them and uh, beat them to the punch, so to speak. Beat them hey, to the punch. You know what, uh, Josh, day drinkers, Josh in the chat room, he's saying uh, re- regarding my comment, he says Tom Brady looks pretty darn good in the fourth. And I absolutely 100% agree with you. You know, there, there is a point in time in which, you know what, no matter how bad your flex two looks, you're getting such a huge uh, point differential with Tom Brady, Drew Brees types uh, at your quarterback spot. I don't blame you uh, at all. I'm not hating on you at all for taking uh, a middle fourth-round pick on Tom Brady. He's just a guy that is that good. And so let's take a look. What did that do I, I don't like to you. his flex? What, what did it do to his flex? Well, guess what? He got Gore and Westbrook, Reggie Bush as his flex one. His flex two is like Bernard Berrien, okay? I can live with that. His, his, where he's hurting is his wide receiver one is Braylon Edwards. His wide receiver two is Lance Moore, okay? He took Tom Brady and Reggie Bush a little bit uh, uh, earlier than his wide receivers would have went. He could have had Dwayne Bowe and Deshaun Jackson. Now, at the end of the year, Braylon Edwards and Lance Moore might outscore Dwayne Bowe and Deshaun Jackson, and he has Tom Brady and Reggie Bush regardless. So, no, there's, there's no way <clears throat> there's no way the latter will outscore the uh, former. What you just well, no way. Well, Dwayne Bowe and Braylon Edwards, they're pretty comparable wide receivers, though. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. Okay, I would, but, and, uh, and you can agree that Lance Moore in the Saints offense has – a very good opportunity there uh, to compete uh, with a Deshaun Jackson. A ton of uh, th- that side, what you like to say. If I yeah. hear that, that side. Yeah. So they call I, it upside. I, you know what? I, I, I like 20 kickers. As a matter of fact, 20 kickers, a.k.a. Warkins, a.k.a. Yellow Line is unofficial, uh, John Duckworth from BFDFantasy.com. He's got a great team here, and I like what he's done. Now, I'm going against all of the BFD guys this next week. Wednesday night, the Terminator draft is coming on. Uh, actually, all next week, the Terminator drafts are going on, Mike. These things are the, the newest craze. There's only a couple well, spots that's left. What, right, I think right, we're under five twist spots. Them. She's been twisting my arm. She said, come on, let's do one. Oh, really? You guys yeah. ought to. Yeah, you, got, you guys ought to sign up. Dude, I tell you what. Dave's in the chat room. Arm, he, dude. He can lock one of these teams down for you right now. Let me ask him if there's some left. Let's see if there's one entry left. Oh, God. Oh, Dave, is there a team left in the uh, in the Terminator? Let's see if he responds in the chat room. Um, I know he's listening, but I, I tell you what, if, if you can get in there and draft, I tell you what, I'm drafting against three BFD guys, BFD fantasy guys. There's a couple of spots left. Uh, Dave Gerzak came on. He said there's three spots left, Mike. If you and Rachel want a Terminator, the, the format is this. We draft, we draft, we draft. We take everybody we possibly player. can. 
There is no in-season management. We don't have to set a lineup. So this is best ball, which I love those formats. You just yep. take the, the best starters. Your optimized lineup starts. And you and don't you have, have any in-season waivers, no movement, no pickups. Yeah, you have to drop one every week, Mike. Yeah. Just drop a player off your team. <laughs> you have you have to terminate one of your players every single week. All I right. like it. I like it. I don't know what the strategy is yet. I haven't well, no, figured it out. Well, uh, Rachel was the one that brought it up to me. She was like, hey, Mike, did you see this, this terminator thing? This is cool. Check it out. You know? I'm like, okay. Huh. <laughs> We're getting some some uh, some stuff in the chat room right now. Uh, sports betting man can outdraft you, blackout drunk, and that is the truth. Sports betting well, man. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, the uh, satellite league, the red versus blue, 150 dollars satellite league that I got in. You better watch it, boys, because I am that good. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. Let's get back to this draft, Mike. I want to take a look at this from the last four rounds to see what guys have done here, and uh, we're going to look at the last four picks. Um, here we go. The last four picks for uh, the 12 spot, number crunchers. Number crunchers is Daryl Bomber and Mike Thomas. They've, they've, they've had right. a good draft, but the last four rounds they've went Justin Gage, Jerome Harrison, Malcolm Floyd, and Kyle Orton. I want to talk about, out of those four, uh, Justin Gage, okay? Uh, he's a guy right. that last year came on the scene uh, late for Kerry Collins, became a go-to target for Collins, now, this year, they've added Nate Washington and drafted Kenny Britt. I have to think that that lowers what he's capable of adding to that offense. I think what we saw last year was just engaged max ceiling. Um, and, I, and I think what we, what we see now is Nate Washington providing a little bit more uh, opportunity than just engaged. I think he, I think he just brings a, a higher skill set. And I think uh, I think the same thing exists for Kenny Britt. This kid I just saw earlier tonight. This kid is big. He is fast, and when he gets on the field, you're going to see it. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, Kenny Britt has he's already proven himself uh, as a rookie <clears throat> uh, to be able to get him get things done. But uh, Justin Gage, uh, but Nate Washington just stands out and as a wide out for Tennessee. I mean, stands out so big that, uh, you know, they're just, they're loving him. And uh, Kerry Collins, he's got to be loving him. Yep. Uh, Okay, so, and he also took Malcolm Floyd there, uh, another guy that many people expect to possibly dispatch Chris Chambers this year. Chris Chambers played through injuries last year, so I think we'll see actually a little bit of a rebound from Chambers this year. And then, uh, so that puts Malcolm Floyd as no better than, you know, what, the fifth best target there on that team behind Gates, LT. Uh, he's probably behind Sproles in targets. I don't know. Maybe that puts him down to six. Kyle Orton is a nice play in the 14th round as your backup quarterback. He had Tony Romo, and I like that. You take Kyle Orton in an offense that's going to just pass the hell out of the ball, uh, they're going to pass, pass, and more pass in that offense. Even with that running, and even with that offensive line, they've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, they're going to be able to protect Kyle Orton, I think, when he gets back there. Now there were some there were some talks that um, Sims was looking pretty good. 
I think at the end of the day, this kid Kyle Orton, uh, he he was. You, people forget that he was a top ten quarterback before he got hurt last year for the Chicago Bears. For the Chicago Bears, yeah. he was a top ten quarterback yeah. before which, he got hurt. Which is a what predominantly run, run, run. So uh, Kyle Orton, uh, he can make things done. I mean, I, I mean, he can make things happen. So uh, you know, it's. I mean, it was all about run <laughs> for his offense, but uh, they can make things happen with uh, Mike, Kyle Orton. Making things, making things happen, or what you're what you're good at, buddy. You make things happen. Let me tell you. You know, another guy that hasn't been drafted here, and I'm and I'm wondering what the heck is he? Is he got a, a, a is he a plague or is something wrong with this guy? No, nobody is nobody is touching Mike Walker. For the for the for the Jaguars now, I know he's hurt again. He, he's got these nagging injuries. But listen, Mike Walker is no joke. Look, Nate, uh, Maurice Jones Drew was gushing, absolutely gushing about this guy and what he what he has a potential. He has a he has a chance to play a huge role in this offense, and it's just the injuries. But week five, he had six receptions for 107 yards. That just shows you uh, the potential you know that he has. Um, I don't know. He's on. He's on my radar, Mike. Um, and okay. Well, with Tory Holt being up in the air with that knee, that's a bone-on-bone injury, right? Um, what's, I think I take a chance on Mike Walker. Well, Mike Walker, that might be a good chance to take. Uh, the one thing that I'm thinking about is what position scores the most points in fantasy football? Quarterback. All right. Now I I just saw that uh, the Syracuse Slappers took uh, Joe Flacco in round fourteen. Yeah. yeah. And and your point. My point is. You're not making one. No, I, I'm just saying that if you can back yourself up with a good solid quarterback. And get five weeks. That I mean, this guy. I mean, he's got. You you want another chance? No. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We are Thumbs live up. commentary with Mike Trent providing a colorful commentary tonight on the big payback uh, draft hosted by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. If you haven't heard of it, go to myffpc.com. Main event signups are still taking place. If you can't make it out to Vegas with us, come opening weekend. Go online. Uh, you, can, you can sign up for a team and draft online. Immediately after our draft is over on Friday, Saturday afternoon, there's an online draft, and a lot of guys are taking two teams. I'm considering taking a second team as well. It's, it's an option that's on the table, and $75,000 is up for grabs. Uh, if, you, if you're not ready to step in with the big leagues and the big dogs uh, where the Sharks play here, uh, go ahead. They've got plenty of satellite leagues going, $77 leagues going every single Monday night. You can watch the Monday night game. You can draft a Monday night league, $77. You can have a $125 entry fee uh, like Mike had, and Mike uh, is, is – is trying to get into the high-stakes world here at the FFPC. He drafted a satellite league, and, you know, somebody's got to win that thing. you got a 1-in-12 chance of winning, and now you're sitting in Vegas the next year for free, well, for $125, but 
for free, basically. You come out there, and now you can draft and have a chance at seventy-five grand. So if, if you're not ready to put the scratch down, and, and the economy's been hard on everybody, trust me, I, I, I know where you're coming from. We're in the business of fundraising, and uh, the economy has hit all of us. The good thing is this country is the most giving country in all the world, Mike. I've said it again. I'll say it uh, until I'm blue in the face. This country is the most giving country in all the world, and we find a way to rebound. We, we find a way uh, to, to, to have this discretionary income, I know, because we're basically addicts at this hobby of ours. It's an obsession uh, bordering on uh, a sickness, okay? Uh, these guys well, that play yeah, high state what? leagues play 15 and 20 leagues. <clears throat> The bottom line is, Scott, uh, a year ago, what was gas? How, how much did it cost you for a... Uh, $4. $4.40. Bingo. Bingo. What is it today? Two forty-nine, two fifty. Yep. Yeah, so you're saving. You're saving what? You know, $50 a week in gas? What was it a year ago uh, in the uh, Dow Jones? $6,500? Uh, yeah, like January, we were, we were we were scared with it, yeah. All right. What is it now? It's just about ninety five hundred. So we're not. It may seem that bad, but it's it's really not that bad. So I'm I'm a eternal optimist. So that's just the way it is. <laughs> well, did anybody take Mike? Oh, look, my boy Fish took Mike Walker. Look, here we go. Walker, there you went. There you went. He's dealing with an ankle injury, and although he's slated to be the number two receiver opposite Torrey Holt, he'll have to get healthy if he wants to keep that job. They haven't reported on the seriousness of this injury. Again, this is just a, more of the same from Mike Walker, uh, that report coming from Roto Times. But uh, Mike Walker has is, is in a great opportunity if he can get healthy. Uh, man, I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't take him. There goes Miles Austin. Corn uh, Fence takes Miles Austin, and Patrick Creighton, a full four rounds earlier, went. Now, do we see Sam Hurd out there anywhere? That's, Sam that's Hurd. I, I was going that direction, Sam Hurd. Well, the minute you see Miles Austin out there, Sam Hurd has been breathing down his neck. Uh, he, he, he's definitely feeling the footsteps uh, from Sam Hurd playing, uh, playing solid. Now, here's what I like to see. Recovery boys, this is where... This is where uh, good drafters start to be known. This, we're in the 15th round, and you have a player like Ryan Grant as your RB1. Now is when the good players become known because a lot of times you're still looking for those middle-tier guys, those guys that are going to contribute, and you start taking those. Uh, but you know what? You need to start thinking about your lineup. And, and Tommy just took Deshaun Wynn, Mike, to back up Ryan wow. Grant. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you, know, got, you need, well, you need, you know, you need an insurance policy. Absolutely. He's banking on an injury and something happening, and uh, that could be it. Well, he also backed up Willie Parker with Richard Mendenhall. So, look, Tommy Tommy had a plan here, and I, and I think he's executed it. Now that I look at it now, he's executed it pretty well. Uh, sometimes it takes a while to – to, to see the draft and all of its nuances. I mean, we were talking about him, I think, after, you know, the eighth or ninth round there. But look what he did. Again, he was brave enough and bold enough to go three starting wide receivers. He turned down the likes of Kevin Smith and Reggie Bush in the third to take Ocho Cinco. Uh, so he starts with Fitz, Steve Smith, and Chad Johnson. Nobody's going to compete with him at wide receivers. He's going to lead his league in wide receiver scoring. Um uh, 
<clears throat> but then he takes Ryan Grant, Willie Parker, and backs both of those guys up with Mendenhall and Deshaun Wynn, and then takes a Julius Jones as a uh, an emergency type running back that you just wait and see if he gets out of this funk from last year. Uh, I don't like the Julius Jones pick all that much. I, I, I see a lot of guys around that that I would have taken. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, Devin Hester, Lavernius Coles. See, we're talking about some extreme value uh, at wide receiver with Devin well, Hester and Coles. What, when I see Coles at wide receiver, that impresses me. Um, the reason it does is because you know, head coach has just said pretty much uh, Ojo Cinco hit the, uh, you know, kick the extra point, what have you. And I think Marvin Lewis is trying to get this team to be loose while within the parameters. He's terrible. So, what? Marvin, Marvin Lewis is a, a terrible head coach. It's evident by their record. It's evident by their criminal histories, by the backgrounds of these guys that they continue to draft. Look. I don't know what this owner sees in this guy, but he is a facade of a head coach. He's not God. making it happen. They've only went down into the cellar the last five years, and it would be different, Mike, if you're cleaning up your team, if you're cleaning it up for reasons like, you know, right. the Louisville Cardinals. They're sitting there and they're talking about cleaning up the program. Well, to me, that's just a bad idea at the college level because you can't compete. In the pro level, you've got dollars to compete with other teams. Uh, you know, so, but, but he isn't cleaning up the program. They're having just as many problems as they ever had. They just drafted Bernard Scott in the draft, who had major red flags and major <laughs> character issues. They brought Chris Henry back, and apparently Chris Henry's rehabilitated, but how many second and third and fourth chances did they give that guy? I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you see arrest after arrest with that team. And, and so, you know, he's not the guy that, that I'm that I'm looking at for my fantasy players. I'm just – I just don't have a lot of faith in the, in the Bengals organization, and and until they make some changes, I'm not going to be putting a lot of Bengals on my on my team. Now I'll take Carson Palmer uh, late, just like Cornfin uh, wow, did here, Jeff Tirabasi. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Palmer. He's right. he's one of the Bengals I'll take because I I think you're getting pretty good value with Carson Palmer taking him at, at around the tenth to twelfth quarterback. I think he still has, you know, top eight upside. Upside. But that's about I knew, it. I knew you were going to say that upside thing again. Hey, it's a common it's a common term in fantasy football, Mike. It's, I know it's it, but times, I can't stand it. It's ten times better than hearing you say we're going to make it happen and we're just going to keep making it happen. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, how about here's the deal? Um, in the uh, – you're killing us. Killing us. Um, the uh, satellite league: Peyton Manning, quarterback; Jamarcus Russell, quarterback; Matt Ryan, quarterback. It's not Ryan. It's Ryan. Liddell Betts, and now here's my here's my running backs: Liddell Betts, Tim Hightower, Brandon Jacobs, Thomas Jones, Lawrence Maroney. Race Morris, Michael Turner. That's my running backs. Three, four, seven, three, two, four, five, four, zero, four. <laughs> if you want to be call now, asleep, please. <laughs> call now. Kill before I kill me. 
I've got. I'm looking up at the light switch and feeling. You know, I could throw this belt up there. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the draft. Michael Bush. Uh, I saw Michael Bush went. Uh, and he's a guy that. Hey, you get Michael Bush this late. He was he was taken in the tenth round by Nimrod's uh, Kip Lockwood as a running back five. Again, Michael Bush is a guy we like on Red versus Blue to take the job from Justin Fargus and, and be a be a, a Deuce McAllister type type Reggie Bush role with McFadden. Uh, I, I think Michael Bush has that that ability. We saw it in Louisville, and I, and I'll tell you what, I saw the the preseason game the other night um, in Oakland. And every time Michael Bush took, got the ball, the crowd was very excited, Mike. They, they are really excited to see what this kid can do after they saw what he did for 177 yards against Tampa Bay last year and two touchdowns. You saw that game. Uh, he finished with 500 total yards, and, and he missed his entire rookie season because of that injury. Uh, I think Michael Bush is a guy you can get in those middle, late rounds, 10th, 11th, 12th round. I think if you can secure that, obviously if there's a Chester Taylor there, you take him. Okay, I understand that. But when you're looking for somebody else to take and you need a running back flyer, you could do a lot worse, you know, than Michael Bush. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Michael Bush is – he's a stud, though. You know what, Scott? I mean, he's he's got so much ability and he's so big and strong. And that's what, uh, that's what can carry uh, Michael Bush over the top. I like him. I think I think he has a lot of upside here. Let's let's continue to break down this draft, Mike. Uh, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show, and they're going to just keep drafting. There goes Sam Hurd. Uh, you know, it's a cool little strategy. The corn fins, corn fins is just dominating Austin here. Miles and Sam Hurd back to back. It's Miles Austin and Sam Hurd. Well, same guy. <laughs> and, and he's got Clowny David too, Mike. <laughs> but, no, it's David Clowny. <laughs> He's a he's a little he's a little thin now at running back. He's he's he he started strong with Chris Johnson, Pierre, and Ray Rice, but he is going to need you know a running back here and there to to kind of help this out. Is so I wonder be if he has. With this. Yeah, I wonder if he has a plan here. Maybe maybe he this takes somebody be... like uh, wow. There's just not a lot out there at this point. These guys are really obliterated. This you know draft what? Board. You know what he's going to do? He's going to reach for a. Uh, wide receiver, running back, and he's going to stay with uh, his one quarterback and deal with quarterback down the road. You know, another guy that I don't see on here um, is a Mike Goodson this late in the draft. You know, you're in the 16th round. There's just not a lot out here at all at running back. But Mike Goodson is a a Reggie Bush-type player. If you know about Mike Goodson, he's he's a fast, uh, explosive kid. Well, yeah. And the thing about Mike Goodson is Jane, uh, Jonathan Stewart, this guy had, couldn't stay healthy. Okay, and, and I know Mike Goodson's having a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a problem uh, staying healthy too. But this kid has some skills, and I, I could see some electric electric games coming on with uh, with him and D'Angelo in the game. Uh, I mean, this late in the draft again, you're talking about the 16th round. You're looking for somebody <clears throat> with. Uh, not downside, the opposite of downside. You're you're looking for somebody like that that can actually yeah, yeah. can actually make I, an I impact. I totally understand what you're saying, Scott. I mean, that would be a that would be a spot that you can catch a lightning in a bottle in uh, round 16, 17, 18. 
just grab somebody. And uh, I'm looking at, uh, like, Anthony Fasano. I don't think that's catching a, catching lightning in a bottle. I mean, we can we can go different directions on that. Hey, here's Thanks. a great pick. Les Sandlin, a great, great pick here. Sidney Rice in the 17th round. Bingo. Now, Bingo. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, you talk about a good pick with Brett Favre coming on. If you need, if you're in a pinch and you need somebody to throw together, look, he's he's picked up quite a receiving cast. He keeps he keeps firing away at these wide receivers. Uh, right now, he already has uh, what eight wideouts at this point. Yeah. He's got eight yeah. wideouts to choose from. I mean, Welker, Hoosh, Evans, and Driver. Then he has Macklin, Nate Go Washington, Ingram, and Sidney Rice. Just a lot of guys that, that could be explosive if things come together. Look, Cornfins, Mike Goodson. <laughs> He's doing that for me. Jeff's got to be doing that for me because his team yeah. is looking just absolutely it's, – it's looking great. It's looking great. I think he's. I think he's doing a, a great job here. Uh, Fish is doing a great job. Brandon Jacobs, Ronnie Brown, Marshawn Lynch, Andre Johnson, Santana Moss, Derek Mason, Breeze, and Cooley. You I'll couldn't ask for. That's a solid lineup. I, I tell you, that three and four pick with Fish and Fins, they're looking good. And then um, well, you know what, Scott? These guys the other, they own the up a lot of money, and it's fun to watch them draft and. Uh, they're having a good time with it, and I think Red versus Blue is having a good time with it. Oh, absolutely. We, 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 this is our second live commentary draft. Uh, the last one we did was in the middle of those tornadoes, if you remember all the storms that they had yeah. and all the power was out. You, you were going through crap, man. That was yeah, we, we, we started that show on the road, uh, driving about oh. 70 through the storm uh, just to get on the air for you guys. That was a blast. Um you know, I, the more I look at this draft, okay, we are 17 rounds in. I'm going to go ahead and form opinions. My power rankings, I'm going to go ahead and put my top six teams here, Corn Fins and Fish. Uh, I'm going to put Recovery Boys. Um, nah, it's, it's hard for me to put that right there just right yet. Uh, 20 Kickers, I kind of like what he's doing. I know you don't like Braylon and Lance Moore. I kind of do uh, with what he's been able to do with Bernard Varian. Um I don't know. It's still a little rough. Let's look at let's look at Fantasy Mojo. We haven't looked at Darren Armani's team here in, in quite a bit. Let's take a look at this again. Steven Jackson, Derek Ward, Joe Adai, Ahmad Bradshaw. Lethal. I like that. I like that. Four running backs that all have some, some good potential to put up some numbers. Calvin Johnson, Dwayne Bowe. You've got two locked-in starters at wide receiver every single week. When your flex players are Joe Adai, Bradshaw, Ted Ginn, and Dominic Hickson, Throw in Earl Bennett and Michael Crabtree for some some explosiveness. Uh, the Vikings defense, Donovan McNabb and Dallas Clark. Mike, fantasy mojo, Darren Armani's having a heck of a draft. Yeah, you're not kidding me. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at it, and I'm going, wow. Yeah, you got to look uh, at it again, too. Coral Buckhalter, he added to the mix uh, as a possible just, a starter. But, I mean, look, he wasn't sure about Derek Ward being your RV, too. And if you draft Derek Ward – you're not sure about him being your RB2. Now, if you can make him your RB3, you feel a whole lot different. But with him as your uh, your RB2, you're worried. And so he goes ahead and pulls the trigger on Joe Adai, which is just comical. I, I've, I've got to hear from Darren before this night is over on Joe Adai as his RB3. Ahmad Bradshaw is my sleeper running back of the year. 
Um, in the eighth round, I think it's fantastic value um, to get Ahmad Bradshaw, a player that can put up those Derek Warden-type numbers that we saw from last year. Now, a lot of people think that Danny Ware, they're going to kind of make a three-headed monster. And, and you saw Danny Ware. They, Bradshaw came out and, 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 and zigged and zagged his way to a touchdown. Danny Ware comes out and does the exact same thing, tit for tat. So, you know, if, 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 you've got some, uh, if you've got belief in Bradshaw and you've seen Danny Ware come out and do the same thing, well, it, you've got to temper your, your excitement, you know, a little bit. But I think if you're Tom Coughlin, Ahmad Bradshaw is going to get that ball at least 10, 12 times a game. This guy well, does tell, not go down what, on the uh, first tackle. Real quick, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, 20 kickers. Uh Looking pretty strong with Frank Gore, Brian Westbrook, Reggie Bush, eh, but Tom Brady, and then Fraylon Edwards, Lance Moore, Bernard Berrien, Jonathan Stewart, still at running back, uh, and then his first tight end is Jeremy Shockey. I mean, come on. I love it. This guy's going to be a stud. Well, you and I agree on that. Jeremy Shockey is good value this year in the ninth round. I think if he can stay healthy, Drew Brees throws with such velocity in that offense, you could see a, a, a nice return to Jeremy Shockey. Yep. And, you know, that's what uh, the 20 kickers, uh, that's the team that I'm looking at right now. Whoa. Big news just announced late earlier today. I missed this news wire. We were talking about Michael Bush. He will start the third preseason game, CBS reports. Tom Cable said Michael Bush will start the team's third preseason game on Saturday, Mike. They want to wow. see what he can do. They, they want to see what he can do. Hey, if you're getting him in the 10th round, feel good. Uh, feel good. I, I, I'll just tell you, you will not regret taking Michael Bush. Mike, do you remember how early I took him in our local league? Yeah. I, knew. I took him. I took him at 8-1. I took him at eight one. Now, now, granted, I knew it was a little bit early, but I'm, I'm, you, you got to remember we're drafting down near Louisville, and so there's a lot of local fans there that are rabid about him, like myself. I had to have him, and I felt drafting against that group, I could kind of overcome the odds. And I don't know if I did or not, but I, um, <laughs> Bush is Bush is going to get his chance to start. Well, I hope like so. It. I'll tell you what, he's a he's a Mill High graduate, and uh, what's that's me, and uh, I love uh, I love Milha basketball, football, whether it's uh, Winston Bennett, Joe Griffith, or whoever you. I mean, I I love the guys that. Uh, Mike, what is Bernard? What, what what do you think of Bernard Berrien here in the eighth round with Brett Favre? Is Bernard Berrien the number one wide receiver for Brett Favre? Well, he should be. He yeah, should be. He should be. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and, and to see Bernard Berrien going in the eighth round, I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to add him to my all value team. If, if you can get Brett Favre's number one target, and again, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, they're taking, they're taking guys. Um, I mean, he's in this I'm discussion. Not so, but, but, but see, here's the problem, Scott. I'm not sold on Brett Favre. Brett Favre, well, he'll, he'll do this and that, but he's not going to throw the long ball. I would rather have Sage Rosenfels. I said that last week on the show, and I'll say it this week on the show. 
I would rather have Sage Rosenfels throwing the ball to me if I'm a deep threat than Brett Favre. Well, Cut, dry, and simple. Well, I don't think that opinion is, is too popular. Varian last year finished with just under 1,000 yards, and that was with Tavares Jackson and who knows who else was out there. But um, he, he, he is a deep ball threat. And with Brett Favre out there, I think it, it, it caters to him. I have to put him ahead of guys that I'm seeing being drafted uh, tonight. Uh, Chris Henry was drafted in front of him. Uh, Jericho Cottery, Torrey Holt. Uh, I can't put those guys in front of him. Uh, now, he's going right around the spot where I would take him, ninth, tenth round, or uh, I'm sorry, you know, into the seventh, in, into the eighth, beginning of the eighth. I, that's kind of where I take him. But uh, I think I think um, John Duckworth got pretty good pretty good value with Bernard Berry and his as your wide receiver three, waiting till the eighth round. Yeah, Berry and Berry and solid, and you know, coming to the eighth round, that's all well and good. I think uh, Brett Favre is going to do the same thing he always does. He'll have a week here that's good, a week here that's good, and but he does not impact my team. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I will, we'll have to see. He had some definite startable games. I, I like him a lot more in a draft master format where I don't have to predict which games he's going to do well on. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have to play that guessing game every yeah. every game. But uh, Mike, hey, we we had a we had a good draft. This draft is still going on. Finns just took another guy that I absolutely love, Rashad Jennings. MJD, it's going to be the MJD and Jennings show again. MJD, uh, uh, he, he likes Mike Walker. I heard in a report, and and he loves what Rashad Jennings is doing. Um, and I, I think if you watch some highlights of this kid and Rashad Jennings, I think they've already announced that he is the running back two on this team. And if MJD can't, I don't think we we any of us believe that MJD is going to carry the load for the Jaguars. I think he's going to carry the majority of the load. Don't get me wrong, but. With the potential well, for injury well, that exists with with a guy well, that's just getting his first chance at carries, Rashad Jennings is a guy that that I kind of like at this late part of the draft. Well, Scott, normally uh, this is Jack Del Rio's plan. It, he don't want he don't want to have one running back to carry the whole load. He loves to go back and forth. So here's a chance for Rashad to kind of help MJD out. Well, look, this has been the Big Payback Draft. It's been an absolute blast uh, doing this with you, Mike. Uh, we, we, we had a great turnout. The chat room's been buzzing all night. We've been on for two full hours. I'm ready to take a break. Uh, we've got the state fair tomorrow we're going to take the kids to. But, hey, this is a $500 league. These guys just gave us a great indicator of what this ADP is going to be when you sit down in Vegas. Take this draft board, print it out. We'll put it on the message board tonight. Take this draft board. Go to myffpc.com. We'll have it there on the thread under the big payback thread. And take this draft board, print it out, and really analyze it because this is the type of draft board you need to be looking at when you're evaluating what type of guys you're going you're gonna to end up with in Vegas when it comes time for these drafts. Don't Absolutely. worry about any of the other drafts you've been dealing with or any of the other mocks. This is the draft you want to look at. I totally agree, Scott. Uh, I know we got uh, a couple seconds, but I uh, appreciate uh, all you guys that uh, just checked in and uh, checked on chat room and.
did the draft. The draft is good. And it's keep rocking. So, uh, Scott, thanks a lot, man. All right, buddy. Hey, I love the Josh Morgan pick in the ninth. Fins, Jeff, you nailed this draft, man. We will see you guys next week. Dave and Alex, thanks for letting us do it. We had an absolute blast. We'll see you next week. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide.